listening to Schubert is like sitting indoors looking outside hoping that you were outside. It, there's a sort of nostalgia, there's a sort of ghostly longing. Cheers! Cheers! Welcome to Pour Me a Mozart. Mm. Was I supposed to drink this? Oh, well, I was going to talk, so you can drink, and then I'll okay. <laughs> drink after I talk. <laughs> Whoops. Um, I'm Asia. I'm here with Patty. Hi again. <laughs> and today we are drinking to Schubert's Death and the Maiden Quartet and Negroni's. And we actually just cheers with the vermouth that we used in the drink, because I think vermouth is delicious. Yeah, yeah I, just, I just had a little sip, and it was great while you were talking. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, it's really sweet. I had my sip while you were talking. Yeah. Yeah, it's a nice little after-dinner drink. So, because you were on the podcast recently, I texted you this morning, and I was like, why don't we just say, like, what we did today? Uh, I woke up. <laughs> Good step one. one. <laughs> um, I went to rehearsal with my quartet, the Artaria String Quartet. Plug all your stuff. <laughs> um, we're, we're still in the midst of preparing for our Beethoven cycle, which is happening in about a week and a half now or something along those lines. Yeah, so it's it's really crunch time right now. Are you about to eat a chip while I was about saying crunch time? <laughs> That's not why, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then I just decided to like chill in St. Paul instead of going home because I had a coaching with my students on Death and the Maiden today. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So it was, it's been like, I've been so pumped to do this podcast tonight because it's just been swirling in my head. Are the kids oh, performing Death and the Maiden? They are. Their concerts are coming up in about a week, I think. That's uh, good timing, as we'll get to later. Okay. So what did I do today? I woke up really late because we went bowling last night. Yes. <laughs> but I was up really late. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, I taught a middle school orchestra class. So yeah, I... I didn't get as much done earlier in the day as I would have liked to, but I did that. And then I just, Friday's usually a day off. So I take my time like doing chores and going to the gym and practicing and stuff. And um, actually we should talk about why we were bowling last night. Oh yes. We went to our friends in the Stone Arch String Quartet. Um, they shout put out. on a, yeah, shout out. They put on a concert at Shepherd of the Hill Church in Arden Hills. And Flaherty's Bowling is nearby, so we. We were there. We popped After over there. After partying it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, they did such a great job. Yeah, they did. To segue into Schubert. Okay. Let's share our personal Schubert stories. When did you first hear or play Death and the Maiden? It was relatively my first quartet experience. But in high school, I, for, like, I was like so into classical music. I was like nerding out and trying to play chamber music with with friends and so after school we would read Death and the Maiden because I was like guys we have to play this piece I don't even think I really understood it at the time but it made me feel really excited mm -hmm. and really exciting music yeah but at the same time it was like kind of this angst that I probably at that time I didn't even really understand like what the angst was angst. but yeah anyway so it was it's just it's been one of those um very like dear uh close to my heart pieces yeah me too. I didn't hear it until I think I was a sophomore or junior in high school. I went to Madeline Island Music Camp. Did that come out clearly? Madeline Island Music Camp. I just realized there were a lot of L's in a row and it kind of tripped me up. Yes. Um, Good to me. Yeah. And I was playing, I think, a different piece by Schubert, but I could hear this quartet rehearsing in like the little cabin next to us. And I was like, what is that piece? And I was so excited. It was um, it's a four-week camp. And which is just enough time to learn most string quartets because there's four movements in a string quartet. Right. And I was just so excited for the concert at the end of that week where I would get to hear, like, what is this piece that they're playing? Yeah. And every week I looked forward to hearing the new movement from that piece. And That's um, so cool. Yeah, when That's I... That's like an... It's like watching... Before we had binge binge uh, television shows, it's like you actually oh, had yeah. to wait to hear the next movement. Yeah. It's like watching The Bachelor. <laughs> <laughs> or that, right. That's what I mean. Like, yeah. You have to wait for the next episode. Yeah. Yeah. And then I remember coming home and, like, begging my mom to get a CD of that and the Brahms Piano Quintet, oh. which I had also, it was very similar to me. But yeah. I was always just really drawn to Death and the Maiden for its 
subject matter, which we'll get into mm-hmm. later, because it is angsty and it's dark. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of what I needed at the time, just like this emotional outlet for all these feelings I was feeling that I didn't know right. how to experience or even express. to name or express yeah. and in words. Yeah. yeah. I think that's probably the time of life that most classical musicians realize this is what I want to do mm-hmm. because music, well, there's a Hans Christian Andersen quote, uh, where words fail, music speaks. Right. That's just, it's too true. It, it is too true. So should we talk about the drink? Um, so you actually recommended this drink. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I said it like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It's a, well, we were thinking about like, I well, caught Patty in the middle of trying to eat a chip, <laughs> which I think is why she's <laughs> still hovering over the salsa. I don't know what to do. It's stuck. Okay, I'll read about the Negroni okay. while you eat your chip, and then I, I want to hear it. Yeah. Okay. It's been, oh, this is from Gary Regan's book that I've mentioned many times on the podcast, The Joy of Mixology. It said that a certain Count Negroni created this drink by asking an Italian bartender to substitute gin for the club soda in his Americano. Then it says, see page 205. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to see page 205. Yeah, not a coffee thought, drink. No. <laughs> I was like, there isn't club soda in Americano. Okay, right. um, if you're not familiar with an Americano, it's a shot of espresso, and then you fill it with hot water. So you're just getting watered down espresso, right. which why not just drink coffee at that point? But I don't know. To each their own. So an Americano is a very similar recipe to the Negroni. It's just with vodka. Uh, this event supposedly occurred circa 1919. The first printed recipes I can find for the Negroni, however, are in two books, both printed in 1955. The uh, UKBG, I think that's the United Kingdom Bartenders Guild. Oh, it says that later. I didn't actually read all of this. I was just like, I'll share it. Yeah. Uh, Guide to Drinks, a British book compiled by the United Kingdom Bartenders Guild. And Oscar Haimos? Haimos? H-A-I-M-O. Yeah, I'm going to pull another quote from My Favorite Murder and say, spell it like you say uh-huh. it. <laughs> uh, but his book, Cocktail and Wine Digest, published in New York. Whether or not Count Negroni ever existed is of no consequence. <laughs> this is one of the world's finest drinks. Oh, is it? <laughs> well, aren't we so sophisticated with our... Aren't we very opinionated? <laughs> oh, or that too, yeah. <laughs> uh, some people have started to automatically make Negronis with vodka instead of gin, which would apparently be an Americano. And these days, the wise bartender will ask his customer which version is desired. We sold a lot of Negronis, and people expect gin. Yeah, I was actually surprised that that's a thing to know, to keep under your cap. Yeah, I mean, you know it for things like a Manhattan. Yeah. Or an Old Fashioned. Yeah. But not for a Negroni. A martini or whatever, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, actually, the classic martini is also a gin martini. Yes. Mm -hmm. Which I, yeah, that's my my Uh, go-to martini. And then in the, they're talking about the recipe now, don't experiment with the proportions here. (laughs) Yeah, that's a very, that's true fact. The balance is of primary importance in a Negroni, and using equal parts of each ingredient is absolutely necessary to achieve perfection. So we have one and a half ounces Campari, one and one half ounces sweet vermouth, and one and one half ounces gin. If you have not heard of vermouth, or if you've heard of it and don't know what it is, it is an aromatized wine, or is it aromatized? Ooh. Aromatized. That's how. That's what I'm going to say. Okay. That's slightly fortified by the addition of a little brandy. Available in sweet, red, also known as Italian vermouth, and dry, white, also known as French vermouth. Um, vermouth, since it is fortified wine, you need to keep it in your fridge so it doesn't go bad. Mm-hmm. Which is why, before we started recording... I, like, didn't want us to talk about really anything before yeah. we started recording. No spoilers for me. Yeah. <laughs> no spoilers. So that's what we're drinking. That's what we used. There was, like, National Negroni Day or something back when I worked at the restaurant, and we came up with the restaurant with Public, and we came up with the Public Negroni, which used Aperol instead Interesting. of Campari. And I actually liked that better, but I was, like... The Aperol would make it a little sweeter, wouldn't it? Yeah, and I think yeah. that's what I liked about it. I've mm-hmm. since... I think I was just maybe hosting at the time. Uh, but as I worked my way up through the restaurant as a server's assistant and then a server and then bartender, it, I refined my palate more and started to like more of the straightforward mm-hmm. flavors of the actual alcohol. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, something else to note. This is a drink that you should stir 
in ice to dilute it and well actually the book says to just build it in a glass so you pour the ingredients into the glass that you'll drink out of with ice in it we didn't do it that way but like an ice that's like one of those giant cubes or the giant like yeah. circular so it's not like it's 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 gonna melt slower yes yeah, yeah. that way you're not diluting it too yeah much. yeah we are drinking ours in martini glasses because that just felt like the cool way to do it mm-hmm. and we also had four glasses in the picture and oh we already talked about how we drank some sweet vermouth yes sorry I was sorry to repeat myself um why why did you suggest the negroni okay. so as i was mid-chip over the salsa now i'm gonna eat some chips yes please um i i was thinking about like what is a drink that would be similar to the kind of affect of uh, death and the maiden and because it's not it's not necessary i mean it has moments of complete joy and beauty but it also is as we were talking about earlier has a lot of angst and so i was thinking like well, something probably a little on the bitter side, um, mm-hmm. or the bittersweet side, mm-hmm. and so um, I Ooh, just yeah. I just instantly thought of the Negroni for that. I also have uh, there's a friend of mine that introduced me to a Negroni. His name's Evo. He's like one of my closer friends from San Francisco, and oh. um, and so shout out to Evo. Yeah, shout out to Evo. Um, but yeah, so it's funny because he's like, "Isn't this so rancid?" Like he'll say stuff like that, <laughs> and it's just like, yeah, I just thought you know, it's like it just has a little bit of stank to it that gives I don't know to me it kind of the that the way that the aftertaste of this drink tastes to me is similar to how I feel after listening to this quartet Mm. but I was actually thinking in a way that the piece and the drink are completely different is Mm -hmm. a Negroni I'm a prime example of this is an acquired taste sure Mm -hmm. I think death and the maiden is a very easily yeah accessible totally uh, piece of music, piece of classical music, even though it is filled with many, many emotions, it's mm-hmm. like, I hate saying this about things, but it is really nice to listen to. Oh, yeah. Now yeah. I feel really bad for choosing the Negroni. Because <laughs> oh, I think no, you're totally you're... right. And I was like, oh, I should have chosen, maybe there was like, maybe we should have done Aperol spritzes or something, or maybe we should have done well, like... Well, actually, I kind of like this because a lot of cocktails, I think, are more summery, and I'm yeah. a very seasonal drinker. Like, uh-huh. I would prefer to drink red wine well, in the winter. we could have done like a Manhattan or something. Well, whatever. I don't like Manhattan, so... Oh, okay. okay. But I do think this is more of a wintry drink. There's a few cocktails that I would really like to do, but... You're saving them for... I'm saving them for warmer days. Yes. yes. <laughs> Even though we did just have a heat wave of 30 degrees Let's, like, keep that Fahrenheit for all of our listeners across the globe. Um, that's 30 degrees Fahrenheit, <laughs> which is just below freezing. Yes. Um, so, P.S., shout out to Philippines, Turkey, and Italy. Woo! Yeah. A throwback from my trumpet. I forgot about that. Oh, that's so great. Uh, should we talk a little bit about Schubert, the man, okay. the mystery? The dates work out super cool for this. So Schubert was born on January 31st, 1797, and yes. died November 19th, 1828. That's why you're saying what you were saying about my yeah. students and the hug. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I so, think that is great. I think they are going to perform on his birthday. Oh, that's so cool. I should tell them that. So this will release on his birthday. Happy birthday, Schubert! Happy birthday, Schubert! Uh, happy 223rd! <laughs> <laughs> so close to... <laughs> Which is actually really ironic, because he did die quite young. Yes. Um, he is an Austrian composer of the classical, late classical, early romantic mm-hmm. era. Uh, he composed more than 600 secular vocal works, mainly leader, which just means songs in German, or lead is the singular, seven complete symphonies, sacred music, operas, incidental music, and a large body of piano and chamber music. His major works include the piano quintet in A major, the trout quintet, which is um, a really cool instrumentation. It's violin, viola, cello, piano, and upright bass. Uh, Symphony number eight in B minor, the unfinished symphony, this is the symphony that Schubert wrote and never finished. Uh, 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 yeah, thanks, thanks for the uh, backbeats. Uh, okay. <laughs> the great symphony number nine, which I've never played. Actually, the only Schubert symphony I've played is the unfinished. Me too. Uh, the last, yeah. the three last piano sonatas, the opera Fiera Brass. Didn't know he wrote an opera, but that makes a ton of sense because yes. he's actually really well known for his vocal music. leader, mm-hmm. his songs. Uh, the incidental music to the play Rosamund, mm-hmm. and the song cycles, oh boy, Die Schönmüllerin. 
I'm sorry, Germany. <laughs> I'm so sorry. And winterize. We should take a drink anytime we have to pronounce anything that. Oh boy. <laughs> I I owe Germany like six. Oh, by right the way, now. you have to drink for the singing that, and finish symphony. I'll do it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, a little movie magic here, just to keep the ball rolling. I don't actually drink when I'm like, that's a drink, because then <laughs> there'd be like six seconds of us just like sipping. That's true. Okay. All right. Uh, I'll make enough. up for it later. Um, he was trained as a violinist at a young age and also learned the piano and organ. He was also a skilled violist playing the instrument in a family string quartet with his father on the cello and his other, his two brothers on first and second violin. And his early string quartets were written for that ensemble. The Schubert family quartet. Isn't that so cute? Yes. That's so cute. Um, he must have been the youngest brother because he got <laughs> stuck playing viola. <laughs> That's what my mom says. She's the third in her family. Yeah. And her oldest sister played violin. Her second sister played cello. And to round it out, my mom was Had forced to play, to play viola. viola. But yeah. Um, he gave a concert of his own works to critical acclaim in March 1828. The only time he did so in his career. He died eight months later at the age of 31. Dude. I know. I that know. could be us next year. I know. We might outlive. We're going to outlive him. I, I really hope so. The cause officially attributed to typhoid fever, but believed by some historians to be syphilis. That's what I, I didn't Rome. know. Yeah, I thought I always thought it was syphilis. I always thought so, too. Maybe he thought golden milk could cure his syphilis. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, not how it works, buddy. <laughs> no. You need to Go see a doctor. <laughs> um, during his lifetime, only a small circle of people admired his music, as is uh, so typical. Yeah. Uh, but since his death, he has remained one of the greatest composers um, ever. Ever. Yeah. yeah, he is actually my favorite composer. I mean... And I didn't know he played the violin. I'm a little upset that he doesn't have a violin concerto. He doesn't have... He does, There's, he, like, two fantasies or something. Or yeah. concertants. There's, like, a couple very yeah, short pieces that not many violinists but play. Does he have... Wait, did you just say... Did he have any concertos? Actually, no. Yeah, I never really thought of him. I don't think he has concertos. Actually, he wasn't very good at the long form because well, that's funny. Okay, <laughs> I don't really like his symphonies very much. Yeah, like, like I mean, I studied a couple of them, mm -hmm. and they're not memorable. I don't except for the unfinished. Symphony. The unfinished, I don't even really like. Yeah. very much. I like his leader and his chamber music is just oh god, it's so good. Yeah. Ooh, are you ready for this? I think so. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I thought today was a different day, but it's close enough. Okay. Okay. Uh, the string quartet number 14 in D minor, Death and the Maiden, was written during the winter of 1825, 1826, and first played on January 25th, 1826. That's tomorrow. That's tomorrow. Uh, 194 years ago. That's awesome. Yeah. What? Yeah, this was obviously... Did you, like, know all of this before you chose this piece to talk about today? Oh, no. This is complete so this coincidence. So like, this is like yeah. the stars are completely aligned. Yeah. My eyes were growing bigger and bigger as I kept reading through Wikipedia. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> nice. Well done. Based on a lead by himself, composed in February of 1817. It was published four years later in Vienna in November of 1821. He wrote the string quartet in 1824 mm -hmm. after the composer suffered a serious illness and realized that he was dying. So that was actually four years before his death, which I didn't know that he knew he was dying when he wrote this, but it makes a ton of sense. Yeah. And we'll, we'll get into that when we talk about the second movement and a little bit more about the, the lead. One of my favorite parts of researching these pieces is hearing how people reacted to them in yeah. the day. Like the um, critics. The critics. Yeah. So here's the, the well, it's not a critical review, but it, it is how it was received. After the initial reading of the quartet in 1826, the quartet was played again at a house concert in the home of composer Franz Lochner with violinist Ignaz Schupenzig. Schupenzig? That's yes. the same um, violinist that uh, he, he worked with Beethoven on his quartets, too. I'm so glad you knew how to say that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wait, can you say it again? Because his <laughs> name comes up like three more times. Again? It was like, I know, it was, it was chip time. <laughs> Literally, Shupan. the chip was out. <laughs> it was like in her mouth when I'm like, Patty, talk. <laughs> Chuponzig. Yeah. Okay. Oh, Zig, because it's a G at the end. Uh, he was one of the leading violinists at the time who debuted many of Beethoven's and Schubert's quartets. 
was reportedly unimpressed. And this is a quote from him. (laughs) I know, rude. But wait, wait till you hear his quote. Brother, this is nothing at all. Let well alone. Stick to your leader. So mean. Well, and Schubert like, was like, I poured my dying heart and soul into this. Also, <laughs> like, care. who proved you wrong in history? I know, right? Yeah. Yeah. His impressions notwithstanding, Not Schubert's quartet soon won a leading place on the concert stage and in the hearts of musicians. Only the excellence of such a work as Schubert's D minor quartet can in any way console us for the er- early and grie- grievous death of this firstborn of Beethoven. What? What? In a few years, he achieved and perfected things as no one before him, wrote Robert Schumann of the Quartet. I don't understand that he was not Beethoven's son. I don't know. I'm going to move on. Yeah, I'll be that. <laughs> the Quartet has been honored by several transcriptions. In 1878, Robert Franz, Franz <laughs> transcribed it for piano duet. In 1896, Gustav Mahler had planned an arrangement for string orchestra and notated the details in a score of the quartet. The work was never completed, however, but and only the second movement was written out and played. The modern revival of this arrangement is in a version edited by David Matthews. Not Dave Matthews, David Matthews, who is an English composer. And then also, a little Minnesota pride here, the St. Paul Chamber Orchestra has artists in residence and Patricia Kopachkinskaya is one of them she's an amazing violinist not anymore but yes while she was okay yeah while she was she like retired or whatever last year oh okay yeah um but she had this whole um she added movements in between the movements of death and the maiden and made it kind of for like a small string ensemble so Mm -hmm. some of the stuff is solo some of it's played by the like three or four to a part i saw it live once and it was really cool and then i went to um, to try to find a recording of it, but it wasn't available until recently mm-hmm. when they recorded it and the SPCO won a Grammy for it. Yeah. Which is the coolest. So um, yeah. I think it's on Spotify. Go check it out. It's amazing. Yeah. She is a controversial violinist for a lot mm-hmm. of us, like because of her barefoot or um, you know, performances and her interpretations. But um, but I, whenever I, I like to call her Patty Kay because. <laughs> Patty Kay! <laughs> yeah. But. Uh, whenever I see her perform, uh, regardless if I agree or disagree with what she does, she plays with such conviction. She does. And it's just, it's always inspiring. And yeah, I just, yeah. I love how she programs too. I think it's mm-hmm. very thought provoking. Anyway, just a little Yeah, I, I agree. I think she's amazing. Yeah. And you know what? If you want to play barefoot on stage, just do it. Right. Like, I don't, right. I don't see the problem. So that's all I have about Schubert and this quartet in particular is there anything you'd like to add before we play some of the music something that i think is pretty common because i'm kind of stealing it from someone who told me that mark steinberg said this to him mark steinberg is the first violinist of the Brentano string quartet listening to schubert is like sitting indoors looking outside hoping that you're outside or wishing that you're outside yeah so that's why there's this sort of nostalgia there's this sort of longing and I think that's where the angst sort of comes in. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, I can't really for, fulfill what I really truly want or desire. No um, wonder musicians like it because we're like we're stuck in a up. practice room. <laughs> and then our friends are like, let's go bowling. And you're like, I can't. I have to practice. Right, right, right. So I, I think that that's pretty, at least that's how a lot of times I've uh, approached listening and performing his music is through that lens. And also when you do finally get to feel happy about something that it is happy but that it's still like well we know it's not permanent and that's different than other composers I I think Mm -hmm. in in that way that it's there's just sort of always this ghostly longing that Mm -hmm. I kind of really enjoy about yeah he had a a lot of maturity for someone who only lived to be 31 years old yeah yeah pretty incredible yeah so should we play yeah Uh, Well, we are not playing. We are playing a recording for you. (laughs) Not this time. (laughs) (laughs) Not this time. Here is the first section from the first movement. So that's not the beginning of the first movement. I'll play something. The last clip that you'll hear from the first movement is the opening theme again. But 
I think it's so entrancing. I really want you to hear that part in its entirety when you do your homework time yeah. and listen to this piece on your own. But that's just like a nice... But that's the energy that we we're talking about. Mm -hmm. if, it, if you hear the, the inner voices of viola and the second violin um, pulsating these harmonies and mm -hmm. adding just this kind of fire underneath the, the, the melody that's being passed between the first and the cello, mm -hmm. um, or that interaction, um, that's, that's just the tension building up to what the release that you'll eventually mm -hmm. hear. And I love, um, one of the things that I think got cut from our last yeah. episode, yeah. and when we decided we were doing a Schubert episode, is one of Schubert's amazing techniques is that he can have this melody that sounds so happy and pleasant, like the right. violin, mm -hmm. but and on its own, it's like happy and carefree and go lucky, which is maybe like... That's the looking part of the people yeah. outside and wishing you could be there, but then the the wishing you could be there part is the like when you add the piano accompaniment to the vocal parts in one of his leader. Mm -hmm. um, it's just it's truly amazing. It brings it to context mm -hmm. of, of yeah the, the yeah. total emotion that's behind. Yeah, it's one of the reasons that Schubert is my favorite. Mm -hmm. Should we hear the next yes, part? Yes, let's do it. <laughs> diminished chord mm -hmm. yeah and what like, i really like about going? this yeah yeah is he just takes it from there and has the quartet play it again in a different key yeah and it's just like i that, guess this is where we're at now that's also something that if schubert's going to be at all controversial it would be that he puts every theme in in his in this composition it puts it through like the washing machine of, of keys i might say even that sometimes it's too many keys but <laughs> I always enjoy it because he just does it so well. Mm -hmm. So off there are a lot of um, Schubert pieces that are very lengthy, and, and but I think Death and the Maiden is quite condensed and mm -hmm. um, proves good composition. But yeah, anyway, just since well, you're talking thinking, about keys, yeah. as we were, um, I keep saying we. I did this part by myself right. as I was listening. <laughs> I don't know what's I wrong with me. <laughs> Do I have multiple personalities? Like, what is going on with don't me? Don't we all, though? <laughs> Sorry, okay. That's a I guess that's a, that's a different podcast, yeah. maybe. <laughs> therapy that's with Asa therapy. and Patty, <laughs> where <laughs> we talk about our problems and listeners give us emails and tell us, and tell us how to fix them. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. That is the thing I forgot. This morning I went to therapy. <laughs> oh, good for you. I blocked that one. <laughs> Well, no, it was fine. It was good. I just, so I was like, I know I did something before rehearsal. And I was like, I woke up, and then, anyway, sorry, it's fine. Go on. And then there's this hour and a half that of I just blank space. Yeah, right. <laughs> must have been a good therapy session. Well, it actually was. So that's why yeah. I feel kind of bad. <laughs> anyway, well, yeah. Since we're talking, about um, it. let's put a Back pin in that. I have some some things to say. Okay, but after. Okay. Um, on point. Yeah, I forgot what the point was. <laughs> we were talking about key centers. We were talking about... Oh, I remember. Okay, good. So as I was listening through to find the clips that I wanted to play, I realized Schubert really does spend... And you'll hear this in the fourth movement, and I'll probably mention it again. He has this one idea, and he just keeps on keeping on with it. Yeah. And realizing that he was composing around the same time as Beethoven. You know, Beethoven has his fifth symphony. Da-da-da-da. Da, 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 da. And the entire, well, actually, the entire thing is based on just those four notes. Right. And, it, like, maybe that was a thing of the time, or... No, it's a thing. Bartok does it, too. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, it, I mean, it is also a thing, like... They're lazy. <laughs> no, composers, really, yeah. But also, I think, as humans, we like to hear things that we've heard before. Yes, like recall. I, yeah, and I sometimes listening to a new album, I'm actually pretty uncomfortable the first time mm -hmm. like fallout boy releases a new album mm -hmm. and sometimes like things are easy to listen to and they're catchy and i'm like oh yeah this is great oh i had another question for you oh. maybe we can do this at the end okay okay can you remember it so i hope so okay but yeah like even though i eventually do enjoy the album like the first time when it's 100 new and i know i'm gonna sit through like 30 minutes of 
something I haven't heard before, which I do all the time with classical music, and it's like fine with me. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, with pop music, it's just like, ugh, I just, oh, ugh. Yeah, I think the last, which sounds really s- silly, but the last time I listened to like a brand new album was the new, like Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. So I was going to say Lover at the same time. Oh. Uh, Taylor Swift's Lover album. I haven't heard that. Okay. Well, I, I was going through something, so I needed to listen to my girl Taylor. And um, Shout out to Taylor Swift. <laughs> I mean, she does not need any more shout outs. Every, like most people. Anyway, but the, the, the point was, you know, because she's been dabbling with different kind of genres of her music. And I was, at first when I was listening to it, I was like, oh, I'm not really sure how I feel. Like, is she, like... But I mean, obviously, I like now all the songs. I like, I know them, and I, mm-hmm. I, I like what she's doing, and all that stuff. But like, yeah. yeah but it, it, I don't think I have that kind of visceral um, reaction that you were talking about often. But maybe I am an oddball. No, I'm and sorry. I didn't, mean, I didn't mean that. No, <laughs> no I, I, I said it. Back. You did not say it. Should we listen to some more? Yes, short? let's do that because I'm, <laughs> I'm just eating my words. I'm, I'm going. Yeah. We both are. <laughs> all right, uh, Schubert. And then I started doing the Boeings at the end because I can't help myself. And I just went like, sh- I went like Broadway. I did like jazz hands or something. Oh, I was very distracted by my own <laughs> dancing, <laughs> in quotes. Yes. <laughs> but anyway, directly following this part that you just heard, um, it kind of simmers down and oh. we get a more somber feeling and that leads us into mm. the second movement. I love this movement so much. This is the movement that gives this quartet its title because it is directly taken from the song Schubert wrote called Death and the Maiden. And it is for piano and voice, and it's very short. It's too short. It's like one of those things that's so beautiful that you just want it to keep going on, which is why I'm so happy that this string quartet exists, because he it puts, does keep going on. He ver- puts variety on it. Yeah, it's, it's... Variations of yeah. the theme, yeah. So the second movement is this slow theme from the song, and all these really great variations that are some of the best string playing moments. Mm -hmm. Um, The first time I played this piece was my freshman year of college and Tom Rosenberg was our coach and I remember him saying like, some of the best writing for strings is in string quartets and I was just like, that's true. it is so true. Mm -hmm. The original song is in German because that's what Schubert spoke. Oh, actually it's based on a poem or some kind of writing by Goethe. Goethe? Goethe? So the first half of, uh, I'll say the English because Germany, I know you're listening and you do not want to hear me read this (laughs) in German. Um, So the first half of the song is the maiden talking to death and the second half is death responding to the maiden. So the maiden starts by saying, pass me by, oh pass me by, go fierce man of bones, I am still young, go dear and do not touch me and do not touch me. And then death responds, give me your hand, you beautiful and tender form. I am a friend and come not to punish. Be of good cheer. I am not fierce. Softly shall you sleep in my arms. It's just like, Mm -hmm. I think I have a really weird relationship with the concept of death. Okay. Because of this piece of music. Oh, interesting. Like you tell. I just don't see it as that big of a deal death yeah Yeah. like i've well actually recently um a friend of mine was very suddenly killed in a plane crash oh and i'm sorry thank you and that stuff is kind of (laughs) like where'd that come from but still it's like it's going to happen to all of us and what's weirder for me is that like if i text her she won't respond right and it's like there had been times actually in the weeks leading up to that that I had she had crossed my mind and I had thought to text her and I just didn't and I regret it right no I, I mean it's just yeah it's it's the you know unspoken contract that is given to us when we were born which is almost not even asked of us 
Yeah. You know, it, it, so it's, it's totally like the human, the human um, crisis in a way of talk, of realizing our own presence in the world and, and what it means and what we're supposed, not even supposed to do, but what we're doing. And then, yeah, it just, so I, I don't know. I think, um, I think we don't talk about death enough, to be honest. Is that a controversial to say? I, I mean, I think that, I, like, No, I think you're right, because, like... Because it's there's a stigma on it. There and is. that it's proven in the, in this poem, even, that, mm-hmm. that it's sort of like, she's like, go away, and he's like, no, I'm here for you. Yeah. Like, I'm going to take care of you. Like, almost. not I'm here yeah. for you, but, but I'm like, here for you. Right. Like, right. I am here to comfort you, and, yeah, like... Yeah. I often see it more as, like, a beautiful closing to a chapter rather than this like big tragic event obviously there are some that are more tragic like this friend but i mean even so like she led a wonderful life yeah and beautiful things have come from it there's a scholarship now at her Mm -hmm. school in her name which Mm -hmm. is and it was really nice to uh, while i was still on social media seeing everyone post about her and just remember like what kind of a person she was and it was yeah it sucks that she we don't enjoy it or she can't enjoy it or that we don't do that for each other every more in our life right that's true yeah yeah but i guess it, like i didn't know that schubert was dying when he was writing this but this makes so much sense right he's battling with that question for himself. yeah and like how do i how do i be at peace with the fact that this is going to happen to me because i'm sure he didn't expect to die at 31 no so let's hear let's listen to it let's hear <laughs> now i'm gonna cry the beginning of the second movie <laughs> sorry no it's okay I just playing that is so hard it's very simple that was like (laughs) it's one of those moments that it needs to just be perfect yeah so earlier today in rehearsal we were we were working on Beethoven's 130 the cavatina is just like one of the best pieces I'm sorry just I'm gonna I'm gonna bring it back but okay we were kind of dabbling with different certain different ideas I think one person was saying like are you sure you really want to do that fingering and that person was getting self-conscious, and so then, anyway, long story, I was just like, you, we, we can't rehearse this. We have to put this aside. We have to move to another movement because we have to... We need to just let it settle. We need to, yeah, like, there's there's something so sacred about this particular piece that you just can't... You have to... It has to come from the heart. Like, of course, quartets rehearse this the theme of this movement, but there's also that element in the in Schubert's, Schubert's Death of the Maiden because it's so easy for it just to sound like, ba. There aren't many moving pitches. The rhythm is pretty straightforward. Oh, and also that melody is how the piano starts in the song. And I believe that's the melody that the vocalist sings, too. The word I want to throw out there is that Schubert is so ingenious about shading his harmonies mm-hmm. Schubert's harmonies are so pure that it's really difficult in a quartet setting to really find that true balance between mm-hmm. which voices need to be brought out when and at what time yes because I and I think that's where sometimes the not to put a pun on it but the death of performing this mm-hmm. for maybe more amateur quartets is that they don't understand that there's this complexity of sound that you can transform the sound as you're playing it that's the skill that it that that professional string quartets strive for perfection at yeah and i think i've always said that a string quartet is like a marriage between four people and this is one of those amen (laughs) (laughs) this is one of those moments where you really have to become one person, which is in tune like, with one another. Yeah, and know? not just in tune. No, that but was like purposeful. Actually. Mentally, oh, yeah. nice. Yeah, you're so punny. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on in the second movement. So this movement is that theme, and then variations on that theme, and this next part that I'm going to play for you, and I'll talk about it after you. Let's hear it. <laughs> Thank you. 
it's just, that variation is so much fun to play. Mm-hmm. Playing those like four note chords and just ripping it out of your instrument, just like rah, like it's just so much, yeah. Yeah, it's like get all that angst out. Yeah, totally. I, so I have and notes. competing with the first violinist, mm-hmm. you're like, yeah, buddy, like I got, you know, Bring I can it. do it better. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so I have notes for all of the musical samples, and this one, number five, just says chords in chords. all capital <laughs> letters. Um, but this was the moment that I heard in this quartet for the first time that I was like, this, this is what I need. And leading up to this, um, I apologize to Patty before we started the recording. There's a beautiful, beautiful solo cello moment. Well, not solo cello, but like a cello solo right. moment. We get the melody. Oh, I can only imagine it's so much fun to play that on the cello too. It's, it's yeah, it's, there's a lot of pressure. <laughs> because it's like, you, you know, because you, you don't want to, you don't want to mess it up. After this variation, I think this is where the maiden in the quartet finishes her part of the talking. The poem. Of, thank you. Yeah. It's <laughs> more eloquent. The stanza or whatever, yeah. Her, her part of the tacking. <laughs> <laughs> She's done. <laughs> um, after this, you do hear a change in the harmony, and it becomes a lot less angsty and a lot more welcoming and pleasurable, and I'm pretty certain that that's where death comes it in. It turns to major. Mm-hmm. If you, I'm sorry, spoilers, but if you haven't <laughs> spoiler alert. But yeah, he, he changes the key. He Instead of, he, oh, sorry, uh, it's in D, it's in G minor, and then he changes it changes it to G major. So mm-hmm. that's where the changes it from. Anyway, there's parallel major minors. It's like light, a little light switch that yeah. turns on and off. Yeah. <laughs> ding 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 ding. Yeah. So yeah, then we get a complete mood change. Well, we get a mood change within this movement, but as you'll hear coming up in the third movement, the scherzo, it's like a whole different planet that we've just moved to. Mm-hmm. So let's do that. Let's do that. Yeah. So I think of that as like clown music or someone who's like dancing with like jazz hands and like going from one foot to the next. I don't know. It's just very I'm I'm impressed. Silly and a little demented. Why are you impressed? I've never thought of that. Oh. And I think it's awesome. Oh, thanks. That's why I'm impressed. <laughs> I think scherzos often make me think of demented clowns. Really? Mm-hmm. I, well, they're meant to be funny. Watch. But like, now I'm like, going to do this Beethoven cycle and every scherzo <laughs> that comes around, I'm just going to think of like what kind of, like, can you like be in the audience and just draw the clown that you're imagining. For... I will be in the audience and I'll do the little dance that I see in my head. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Okay. Anyway, you were talking about. Uh, you're oh, saying that's all I had to say. It reminds me of a clown. And yeah. Okay. Which is just so different from the last movement, where it's very somber and serious, and like mm-hmm. this big question about life and death. Mm-hmm. Like two of the only three things that are true for all of us. So the scherzo is a very short movement. And I think I've talked on the podcast before about other scherzo or like minuet movements. There's a trio section. So you usually hear the first theme and then the key changes and you hear something slightly different and that's the trio. And then it'll go back to whatever it was, the minuet or the scherzo. So this next sample is the trio. And and this is also in the parallel key. So Mm -hmm. the first part is in D minor, the parallel... Uh, the trio is in D major. So the first violinist did a little slide up into the, uh, the higher note. And both Patty and I were like, ooh, Ooh. (laughs) we liked that. I had this... That's um, something I haven't heard in a recording before, but... Yeah, I I had in a previous quartet that I was in, my first violinist used to joke about he wanted to put coconut oil on his (laughs) fingerboard so that he could get those really juicy, slick slides. That would be one way to do it. (laughs) Yeah, so I mean, the scherzo, it's, it's only like three, maybe four minutes long compared to the rest of the quartet movements, which are like... 10, 12 yeah. minutes long. So it's it's just nice. It's send kind of a your, nice reprieve. Send from... us your interpretations of this demented clown. Wasn't it your episode that we asked for people to draw yes. pictures? Did people draw pictures? I have not gotten a single email. And I'm disappointed France 
<laughs> I don't know. Wait, did we, oh, we talked about Beethoven. I'm disappointed, Germany. <laughs> Actually, I'm disappointed in everyone. <laughs> I, want, I want pictures. What do yeah. we ask for pictures of? Remember, we were talking about the oh. ballet with the horse. The ballet the horse for music ballet. on horseback. Okay. Yeah. So now we have two assignments. Uh, send us pictures of ballet for music on horseback. What your interpretation is of that. Yeah. Yes. Um, and demented what, clowns? Whatever... Yeah, whatever you think Asia's demented clown is of this mm-hmm. particular scherzo. TwinCitiesSymphony at gmail.com. I was going to slide in a little, like, fun fact. Scherzo means joke. <laughs> I, said not, I said that really weird. <laughs> I, I, like, know, I did giggled. this weird inflation. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, anyway, so it's just, like, one of those cute trivia things that if you find cute that. Cute trivia. Oh, speaking of cute trivia. <laughs> okay. We played trivia last week. So the trivia question was... Name the person who has been in the U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame, yeah. the U.S. Figure Skating Hall of Fame, and the Inventors Hall of Fame. Yeah. And we were like, okay, Wayne Gretzky? We really thought too Tara hard about Lipinski? it. Tara Lipinski? Yeah. I think we didn't think hard enough about it. Well, no, because it crossed my mind, but I eliminated him because I was like... I wish you would have said it out loud. Uh, the answer, in case you're curious, is Zamboni, yeah. which is Who created so the little obvious. machine. But anyway, should we go to the fourth movement? Sure, let's do it. Okay. <laughs> where I was thinking this sounds like Beethoven 5 where Schubert just takes one idea and just goes with it over and over and what you heard it keeps going on and on and on Mm -hmm. (laughs) like that for a long time I wish you also witnessed what I witnessed here which was Asia's awesome like (laughs) how would you describe it you're doing kind of like the Russian sailor dance and like shoulder movement yeah I was I was she was feeling it I was feeling it was great no I yeah (laughs) Yeah, I was eating a chip. As you, if you haven't figured that out, I've been eating like salsa chips this whole time. Whatever that is a difficult thing to coordinate, by the way. Oh yeah, because all four people are playing the same. The thing. The same thing. There's also a little fun grace note between the which when you get it at this speed, it it's it's you have to really plan for it in your fingers and yeah, yeah that part is and getting four people to do that. <laughs> but yeah, so that part is hard. I also think it's really cool that it's in unison until the right the cadence you get a chord. Yeah, the cadence, which I didn't know what cadence meant. It just means the end of a phrase. Yeah. Um, so and for that's else te- know. technically is a half cadence. The half cadence is in the middle of a longer phrase. Yeah. So it usually ends on a, a dominant chord rather than the tonic chord. Mm-hmm. So anyway, we need to do the theory. We, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm geeking point. out too easily. No, it's again. okay. Um, what I do with my students is I tell them all these terms like tritone or other things. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, there's plenty. I don't expect you to remember this word, but I just. Like, like, I want to just, just, I just want to know that you've heard it before. Yeah. And I don't expect you to understand the concept. Just, like, let it percolate. I'm thinking of that, like, what's in, infusion therapy or, like, in, 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 um, what's the word? Infusion? No, like that, like, when you're, when you're just surrounded by it and then you just have to Exposure therapy. I guess so. But I was thinking more of, like, that's why I said infusion, but I don't. Like a tea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, again, here I am. <laughs> okay, tea. I'm sorry. That was just, just that's. I'm rambling. I am not editing this episode. Okay, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Should told you that beforehand. <laughs> Should we listen to? Yes, uh, let's do it. Our last clip. From, <gasps> I know. Never. You have to do this homework, guys. This is you have to. This amazing, is amazing. Such piece an amazing music. piece of music. And it would be also you have to watch it live. Yes, if you like, ever if you see that this is coming to town or country. <laughs> Because yeah. I have an international well, audience. There's towns too, like in the country. Like I would. Oh, I'm just like tooting my own horn, saying that people oh. listen worldwide. Oh. Okay. okay, okay. Thank you for my worldwide listeners. Also, shout out to the two people who have listened in the Republic of Korea. Yeah. What up, Korea? All right, Schubert. <laughs> Thank you. 
Maddie and I over here like can't stop like sniffing between the phrases and like kind of singing what it's happens just next. So and, yeah. Oh, it's so good. Seriously, what? this I, will be the best homework you ever do. Yeah. Um, I was <laughs> gonna, use your words. <laughs> they can't see you. Not my gestures. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> what I was gonna ask you is when you listen to a string quartet. I just broke a chip. Do you particularly listen to one voice? Like, obviously, I listen to the cello part instinctively more, mm-hmm. but do you, so do yeah. you listen to, like, Oh, the first or, or second? Yeah, yeah. I'm um, a Slytherin, so I'm first violin by <laughs> nature. But, yeah, I mean, I do notice. Is that how, do you, th- okay, totally can. <laughs> do you think that's how, like, J.K. Rowling thought of the houses? Was like by a string quartet! I don't know, J.K. Rowling, are you listening? (laughs) (laughs) Will you email me at Trincity Symphony? Like the Slytherin is the first violinist. Hufflepuff is, oh, that could be the violist or the cellist. Oh, that's true. But let's just say. Actually, I think the Ravenclaw would be the cellist. You think? What am I? (laughs) What's happening? The Gryffindor is the second violin because they really, they're the glue that holds it all together. Yeah, you know, I think you're right. And I just, somewhere I just fell off the bandwagon. I should have been a Ravenclaw. I mean, I think the cellist needs to know what's happening. The, the cellist often understands the harmonic context better than the rest of the quartet because the, they're so. And like, they have to understand every. At least I'm very biased. This is a tangent too, but like, <laughs> just that I have to. I have to know what everyone else is doing at any point in case mm-hmm. something goes off the rails because I have to like go in there and be like, okay, yeah. we're gonna work. I'm grabbing people. Like, let's get on the bandwagon yeah. again. So that's why it's like, yeah, you're right. I think a Ravenclaw is a cellist, but mm-hmm. something. But I often play second violin, which is not me. So, you know, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. No, I love second then, violin too because of the violist. Yeah, because <laughs> have you met Kelsey? <laughs> <laughs> yes, we and love you, amazing. Kelsey. I so love Kelsey. Much. She is the greatest. She's the best viola we Hufflepuff. <laughs> yeah, is she an uh, actual Hufflepuff? Oh yes. Oh, did you confirm that? Oh yes. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> um. So to further answer your question, mm-hmm. yes, I do listen to one part above all, and yeah, like it is different for violinists, also through the string section because when people are like oh yeah I've played this symphony but they play viola or cello they know what part they played yeah whereas like if it's too long ago I'm like I can't remember if I played first violin or second violin so I listen to whatever part I'm most familiar with I yeah. guess but for the recital that I performed earlier in January with um Hannah Hannah and Chuck <laughs> um Hannah Palmquist the harpist was on an episode Mm-hmm. At some point, she did the um, the Debussy Sonata. Mm-hmm. We played uh, Saint Saens Fantasy for which was violin awesome. I and have harp. never heard that piece before. Oh, really? It was great. Oh, it's so beautiful. Yeah. But there's one part where the harp is doing like when I was listening to it before I started working on it, the harp is doing such cool stuff mm-hmm. that I had no idea what the violinist was doing at all because mm-hmm. I was just so distracted yeah. listening to the harp. Entranced. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's that's a really fun instrument combination mm-hmm. actually she and I are planning to do some more stuff and we had to come up with that like a group name and I was like I don't I don't know I'm bad at naming things we have a name I'm not gonna share okay, it here okay, okay I'll tell you later but my best friend Keep Brianne, listening. shout out to Brienne uh, came up with Bowie and Plucky <laughs> 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 which is just so great that might be like our nicknames for each other when I mean we're rehearsing, Bowie like, almost hey, Plucky. Makes- it most, almost makes sense for you because of David Bowie, right? <laughs> Did he play the violin? No, but just the fact that his name is Bowie. Mm-hmm. But no one's name is Plucky that we know of. Hannah's is now. <laughs> That's what I'm going to call her. Sure. Fair enough. <laughs> so anyway, back to Schubert. Stuff from the beginning of the fourth movement. There's lots of fourth movement left. There's lots of quartet left to mm. listen to. That's so good. Yeah, Can I chime in for a quick yeah, second? absolutely. So, like, what's really cool in the progression of this quartet, you didn't quite hear the very opening of the first movement, but when you do, because it's your homework, you'll listen. Um, and if you don't, you will fail the class. <laughs> <laughs> Everything is based so sorely around harmony, but this last movement is mostly in unison. And so mm-hmm. it's just, like, this complete virtuosic... Just let's see how well the quartet can just do these 
like flashes of harmony in and the cadences that we were talking about mm -hmm. and have that be the featured thing in that movement mm -hmm. versus the other movements where it's more about the complexity of the harmony that he goes through mm -hmm. so anyway i just wanted to yeah shout well, out to and that. this piece is special to you for another reason too so before oh, we wrap right. up the schubert yeah yeah, I, uh, thank you for reminding me. Yeah. yeah, this was actually one of the pieces that was on my audition for the Artaria String Quartet, the one that I'm currently a part of. Um, and obviously, as you can tell for many reasons, as we were talking about, but just there's a lot of technical um, technical quartet chamber music. Um, well, like individual and as a group. Yeah, yeah, it's tricky. Uh, it's, yeah, I, I mean, a lot of people perform it, but it's not to say without its perils. But what's funny is because, okay, so when, when, when we write our bios and when, when we write our, especially our repertoire lists, usually you're honest and you put down what, you, what you've played. And, but, you know, maybe there's like a quartet that you've played maybe like one movement on. But I kind of just said like, yeah, I've played this. I've played Death of the Maiden before. Mm -hmm. Never really professionally. Um, so you had never performed it. Yeah, and so okay. when when I was talking to my current first violinist about it, he was like, "Oh, like oh, because they were they were programming that was on their program of that particular season, so that was in their when you hands were auditioning when I was auditioning." So um, he was looking at my repertoire list and he saw it and he was like, "Oh, Death and Maiden, like is that okay if we like why don't we have that as one of your audition pieces for the group?" And I was like, "Okay." <laughs> so I was like, you could see the face she just made. <laughs> <It was laughs> and, and I was like, oh god, I have a month to learn this quartet. That and everybody knows. Yeah. In our world, everyone knows it so intimately. Yeah. And all the other the other pieces I had played before, so I there was things I was like, okay. And and one of the pieces I selected was something that I was working on very like it, it was it was purposeful that I chose a piece that I was very familiar with and the quartet wasn't. So that it would be a hey advantage, yeah. Or to see like how we would work together with one person knowing more than the other. Sort of I idea. see. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's very smart, and obviously you got the job, so it worked out yeah, fine. Well, it was an interesting audition, yeah, but <laughs> for other reasons. But um, anyway, the so so I I had crash course had to learn the other movements of this of this piece, and I actually still have not performed it professionally yet. Like on a stage. What? I know, I know. And so, I mean, well, obviously, I, guess I haven't either. I performed it in school, but that's different. well. But I well, and I would love to play the first violin part. Oh sure, yeah. So we need to find two more people. Yeah, we'll do it. Let's do it. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Cheers. To Can that. we do uh, Tchaikovsky Souvenir de Florence? <laughs> sure. <laughs> it's so one of those pieces. I'm like, okay, but I'll do it. I'll do it. Oh, I love it. No, there's a lot of merit to it. No, I, I just. It's just, it's just it's like, okay. we have to get a lot of like very sensitive musicians. Oh, we know can, great people. Yeah, I know. But it, it can get real loud real quick. Uh-oh. Yeah. yeah. That is my strong suit. <laughs> 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 I might not be good at anything else, but I can play loud. No. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Um, so I, I hope you enjoyed listening to those clips of Death and the Maiden and you know, I really do hope that you make yourself a Negroni and listen to this piece of music and just kind of sit back and contemplate, what is all this about? The answer is not 42, but what does life mean to you and how can you lead your best life? And this doesn't segue super great into the question that I was like, Patty, I remember my That's question. okay. George was all about like changing topics real <laughs> That's quick. That's true. That's yeah. true. But I'm a Karen. Um, <laughs> so... I actually texted you this earlier, but I oh. tend to be obsessed with one song yeah, and listen to it over and over. And um, driving home from bowling, one of those songs that I'm obsessed with came on, and it's Paradise by Coldplay. Okay, yeah. Um, I just think the opening of it is perfect. Like, there's a little bit of staggering in the rhythm, mm -hmm. and the sounds are interesting, and also there's like a more personal connection it was the evening gown song from miss america 2013 oh okay and yeah. mallory hagan won and yeah. she's still to this day one of my favorite miss americas and nice yeah so that's the song that recently has kind of resurfaced in my obsession so is there something for you that or even a band or an album i mean we've talked a lot about taylor swift well so it's funny because um so as you know i've been you know should i be this personal about 
I, I was getting over it. I've been getting over it, a particular ex. Mm -hmm. And for a while, so the first song on Taylor's Lover album is I Forgot That You Existed. <laughs> and it's, it's, not, it's not one of her songs that's been like, mainstreamed like lover like i mean she has so many great songs but like but i i put that on repeat for a while mm -hmm. like because i just need because it was i was trying to just like sometimes songs just help you heal yeah and it was exactly how i was feeling despite actually still obviously still thinking about him but like but it, in a lot of ways i was just like get away you know like get mm -hmm. out of my life sort of thing so i can't remember who this it, this might have even been taylor swift but there's some song by some artist that talks about like all your exes as kind of being ghosts like yeah they'll still resurface at some point and yeah. i know but i mean they make us who we are and they make us better and stronger and i hope that's the only hope right but we can talk more after yeah <laughs> obviously i'm like worldwide <laughs> <laughs> no i mean i feel like there's got to be a better answer um for me a repeat song repeat song Something or song like, or album or band. Okay, here's an okay. So here's another okay, and it and it popped up yesterday at the at bowling, and it's the Killers, Mr. Brightside. I feel like I know it. Can you sing like a little bit of it? Coming out of my cage and I've been doing just fine. Yes, 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 yes. The melody is really simple, but there's something about the circular accompaniment. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's why why I like it. But I just anyway. Yeah. I, See, this is how classical musicians think about yeah, <laughs> pop well, music is like, what's going on in the background? So maybe that will be my answer for now. Okay, Queen is yeah. also always a go-to for me, I but mean, I also honestly, had to put, him, put them on the side. But I often have like five or six songs. That, yeah. Like I have a playlist that I call Basic on mm -hmm. Spotify. Mm -hmm. I've made it public, so I guess if you want to like stalk me and find that, you can. Mm -hmm. When I used iTunes mostly for music, it was called Obsessions. Nice. Uh, but now it's just called Basic because I also have like Ed Sheeran and like I, I don't know just other yeah. things that I'm less proud to share. No, well you got you got we all need music for healing of any sort. That's like yeah, um, or just there's like no I I don't like this idea that there's a guilty pleasure, which is why I'm like now happy to be like yes I do like the Killers. Like what's wrong with them? Nothing's wrong with them. Yeah. I feel like if you're with someone. This has now turned into a dating podcast. No, I'm sorry. If you're with someone who makes you feel like you can't like things that you like, or like Amen. they say their opinion and you can't disagree with them, they're not the right person right. for you. I learned that the hard way. Same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, you should be able to be like, I like this. And he can be like, I don't. And you're like, cool. Well, fine. And it's not you even an agree to disagree. It's just, that's different for us. Yeah. But you should agree on the important things. Uh, should we quit yeah, this yeah. thing? Because we've digressed. And cheers. Cheers. Thanks for having me again. Oh, yeah. Thanks for being here. I forgot to do a sign off. Oh. <laughs> I was about to just stop. Well, thank you. Thank you, Patty. Oh. Um, the sign off is me begging for money, basically. Oh, yes. No, that's important. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. I'll, um, I'll just be here drinking and. Yeah, I'm yeah. like ahead on my Negroni, so you can, you mm -hmm. can drink. You can eat mm -hmm. all the chips that mm -hmm. you want. Um, snacks were provided by Patty, not your dollars. So <laughs> please visit patreon.com slash Mozart. I will put the episode or episode, wait, nope, the Patreon link. Did I say episode.com? Yeah. Patreon.com slash Mozart. I will put the link in the episode description. You can click on it. Uh, $5 every episode that is posted. There's only going to be like four more this season after this in this season yeah. yeah so uh that'll be like twenty dollars if you really like hearing about classical music and alcohol and visit twincitysymphony.oh no yep for me and mozart because i still haven't fixed your domain the domain yeah i just i can't spend 24 hours yeah. on a customer service call i can't do it because I've done it before. <laughs> you can see pictures of the drinks and recipes, and someday when I'm back on social media, you'll see it on Facebook and Instagram too. You can follow on Instagram. I know that page is still up. Facebook might not be. Um, we'll share this like podcast with people too. Oh yes, word uh, of mouth, man. That's the way. Word to do of it. mouth. Yes, please. I'm 
so close to 1,000 downloads, which is so exciting. That's a number I never thought I would hit. Yeah, share with a friend if you like it. Share with someone you don't like if you didn't like it. You can also donate to Twin City Symphony at givemn.com. That goes to paying musicians for performances and also the podcast. Um, social media. Just we enjoyed doing this, and I. This is really. Fun. I mean, I supported you, and I like. You sure did. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, and Patty donated. Thank you, Patty. Yeah, but like yeah. you know, Asia's doing great here, and I think what she that I, I think what she does is setting up this podcast is really what like we need more in in what we do in as classical musicians. This and, needs to be relatable. Yeah, we're trying to be real. Like we're just we're just like you, you know? And we're just <laughs> we are. We're a little stranger, I suppose, but like no, we we you know everyone's weird in their own ways. Yeah. So. Yeah. Oh, I remember. Good. Okay. Thank you for that. I just got my fifth five star review on <gasps> iTunes today. Um, so thank you. That makes it real reviews, not just like this is family, even though I think it was mostly family. Thank you, family. Thank you, family, for listening. Well, I mean, we're we're all family. We're all family. Um, but I love reading the reviews. I love seeing the the stars. Even if you feel like only giving four, you know what? That's fine. I'm not perfect. Probably. So I'm certainly not perfect. So <laughs> <laughs> none of us are. Um, should we cheers yeah, to let's that? Do it. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Bye. Bye. You look like you're about to say something. Oh, no. I was actually cleaning my teeth. Oh. <laughs> I called you TMI, out. TMI, I don't know. Um, that's a, that's it's good to know, chips. though. If I like need to fake, like I'm thinking something, I'm just like... <laughs> clean clean that chip out of your teeth. Yeah.